Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 228. Today is Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. Yes, it's our first episode back live. We just arrived back from Israel. Some people are feeling a little bit under the weather right now. So please be praying for our team. Um, there was a little bit of a bug going around. Stephen Doreen got it first on the tour. And I felt a little under the weather yesterday and the day before. My poor wife, Lauren, is still in the trenches of illness. She is a little bit better. I think I believe her fever broke, all that stuff. But just keep us all in your prayers. Illuminations feeling a little under the weather. Some other people as well. So pray for the Elijah Fire Elijah List team. Uh, but guys, Israel was amazing. Israel was incredible. Um, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit, uh, as I bring Kelsey on, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, but, um, also today is going to be a great episode. Um, we're going to be answering some difficult questions. Um, I'm sure you got that from the title of can a homosexual go to heaven? We're going to be, uh, asking and answering that question and many more. So you guys actually might want to get like a paper or um, a pencil or pen or your note app. You can bust that out. Um, any way to record some of these scriptures down because we are going to be giving biblically based answers to these difficult questions. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a great episode. If you guys are listening on Spotify and you're not following us yet, go ahead and give us a follow. Pretty please. Thank you. You're very kind. Also, if you're listening on the app, you guys can rate this uh, with an honest review of only fours or five stars, which are the only two acceptable answers. Um, also, uh, I want to play a quick video of what's going on with the water well situation. Uh, I got to hang out with Mike and Lori Sally in Israel, who are heading up the Show Mercy, our partnership with Show Mercy. They're the heads of that. Mike and Lori Sally, amazing people amazing people um so it was really great to hang out with them talk with them um and i just love what they're doing so we're gonna play a quick video and then we're gonna get going so again elijahfy.com slash donate is how you can donate and get in on that all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week and then of course we take a proceed and we put it towards that this amazing water wallet efforts we just got a new video but there was a typo got a new video that kind of updates all of the areas that have been impacted by these donations Uh, a really great video but there was a typo so i couldn't play it today i'm still waiting for the new version of that so stay tuned great 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 uh not great episode great video um i also apologize if halfway through this episode i start to go like this i am jet lagged all right and i have parceled out all my energy for today for this uh, so I'm, I'm running, I'm running on all, all cylinders right now. So I'm, I'm fired up, but you just never know. Sometimes when you, you jet lagged all of a sudden, you're like, I'm great. I could go for a couple hours. And then you're like, and I'm done 20 minutes in. So, uh, but God is going to help me. This is going to be a great episode. My guest today, uh, you guys know her, you love her. She's the founder of marriage of the land ministry. She's also the co-host of Elijah streams, especially when Steve is in places like Israel. She uh, she holds down the fort. She does an amazing job. She's also the host of the podcast Treasures from Heaven. Let's give it up for my guest today, friend, my friend, Kelsey O'Malley. 
Kelsey O'Malley. Hi. Jeff, if you fall asleep, I'm going to personally hold that against you as you calling me boring. <laughs> as me calling you boring? No. No. Never. You know, it was funny. So just a, a funny side story. When I was in Israel, this lady comes up to me. Uh, she goes, hi. She goes, I'm I'm Jillian. Uh, and I was like, hi. Jillian Wickham, I believe is her, her full name. Um, and I was like, hi, Jillian. Nice to meet you. And then she's like, we, and then she kind of pauses and she's like, we engage sometimes in the chat on Elijah Fire. I'm like, oh, cool. And it just was not making, she's one of our regulars on Elijah Fire. And I was like, and I go, oh my gosh, Jillian. I was like, hi. And she's like, I could tell it wasn't like landing. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, yeah, it was great. So I got to meet everybody who interacts with Jillian. She's fantastic. I got to meet her Aww. in person. I just wasn't expecting to meet a an Elijah Fire regular on the tour. It's for yeah. some reason. I don't know. And so it was cool. Very cool. So. So how was your trip to Israel? I want to hear about it. Give me the highlights. <laughs> okay. The highlights. It was amazing. It was really cool. It's, you know, we were talking backstage. I'm, it was so high speed and our days were packed full of stuff. It was like one thing after another, after another. Um, and so I didn't really fully get to process it until this morning. So um, I woke up at like four in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep. And so I spent some time with the Lord and I started, uh, started processing. It was really interesting, Kelsey, because uh, I've kind of concluded for me, it was a very sensory experience. Um, mm-hmm. and I know that may sound odd to people, but, uh, I just, um, I kept listening to the sound of the dirt beneath my feet. There's a lot of limestone. And so like the rocks, the limestone rocks make this very distinct noise when they clink against each other. And so I was like, kept listening to that. And then like the smell of the vegetation and the sounds and, and all those things. Cause we walked in a lot of places that were more wilderness areas where Jesus walked or David and Saul, you know, like we went to this place oh. called En Gedi where David hid from Saul and Saul, uh, David cut the the corner of his robe off and that place was really cool because I didn't expect I always pictured that area as like craggy and like rocky desert it's amazing it's like this lush kind of oasis oh, in wow. the middle of nowhere and uh it's like this river these waterfalls series of waterfalls go down and it's like all this lush vegetation I'm like no wonder David mm-hmm. hung out here like it was a strategic position elevated positions but also it was like amazing and the fresh water mm-hmm. source in the middle of the desert you know so um that was that was definitely a highlight and then we went to this place called magdala which um is believed to be the town for uh, that mary magdalene was from and mm-hmm. um and so it was like it, it's a relatively new uh discovery i think like 2008 or 2009 something like that oh and, wow yeah and and so they have like it, there's like this main street with like a market that I believe is a market. Um, there's mm-hmm. like, there was this home with a multiple mikvahs. So like if anybody's seen the, the, this last season, the chosen when Peter's wife is, is cleansing herself in the mikvah, it was, it was multiple of those. Oh, um, wow. And then these ruins kind of lead you to the shores of the Galilee. And so like uh, the sea of Galilee. And so we got to like, um, we got to walk and uh you know there and all of us kind of split up at that point because it was just the staff because it was like the day before the the actual tour started and so all of us came a day early and so we're like let's go abby abby duplaga was there um 
And she was like, let's go to Magdala. I'm like, okay, cool. And so all of us like kind of had like um, some time with the Lord, like on the shores of the Sea of Galilee and get to put your feet in there, which is strange that there's not a whole lot of places around where we were going where you could do that. This is mm-hmm. the only place. And so um, where you could actually like walk in the Sea of Galilee and wow, it's amazing. Good it thing. was so cool. And then just honestly to, you know, all of us work remotely now. Um, and there's been a lot of people that have been brought onto the team. So we have people from Virginia and Iowa and all over the place and actually getting to meet all of them, like Mariah and Emily and, um, in person, um, it was just great. And then to all just get to hang out. And, and, uh, so that was definitely a highlight was just getting to, to see the people that watch the show, both Elijah streams and Elijah fire. Um, so it's a really long winded answer, but I'm going for it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, because I think when you work remotely like this, you get really focused on the day to day, right? So you just, okay, I get on, I push record or go live with your thing, you know, and even though I can see the numbers of people watching, I can see people commenting. Sometimes it doesn't, you, you still can lose sight of like, oh, this is even like Elijah streams is a mm-hmm. big platform that reaches millions of people and yes millions of people um and uh to actually see the faces and get to know the people that watch that show and are impacted by it is just a really valuable reminder um and sometimes you just that's just the nature of working in this type of a platform when you're all working remotely Mm -hmm. is you can forget uh, or um just how many people you are actually impacting so um i got I had the privilege of just meeting tons of people that were like, thank you for what you and Steve do. And um, so that was definitely a highlight too, is just getting to hang out with all those amazing people. See their beautiful faces. Did you get to ride a camel? I did get to ride a camel. What was that like? Bumpy? Uh, It it was like, it was, (laughs) it was bumpy, you know? Uh, And it was great because I got some footage of Illumination and her mom getting on the camel. And the camel was Illumination's like, no! It was especially mouthy. So as they're trying to get on, it's like, oh! Like, like, camels, they make this, like, oh! noise. And so, yeah, it was great. So I just held the camera on to get on, yeah. Uh, But no, it 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 was great. I mean, the sun was setting. So you get these nice, uh-huh. beautiful, long shadows on the desert uh, beneath. And um, so Emily and I both got some great footage. But on top of that, yeah, riding the camel was super fun. So now I can say I've ridden uh, an elephant and a camel. So, yeah. You rode an elephant. Where'd you ride an elephant? Thailand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which do you like better, elephant or camel? Um... Well, the elephant was cool because you were like really high up, mm-hmm. so you felt like invincible. So it was probably yeah. easier to ride. It wasn't so like. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, the, the camel wasn't like too bad. Um, it's not as graceful as riding a horse. I will say that. I mean, because you're like, and then like the when because I was holding a camera in one hand and you're like holding the stirrups or whatever with the other and we stopped and the camel just drops like it drops its front legs first and then its back legs and you're high up and i'm also a big guy so i was not ready for it i was like whoa like i almost <laughs> fell over the front because i wasn't i wasn't i just flexed those abs we were good to go so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 
but it was great. That's I mean, hilarious. if anybody gets a chance to go to Israel, I would strongly recommend it. I didn't, I honestly didn't want to leave. Um, I just was like, it was like, there's only been a couple of instances where I instantly fell in love with the, the country. And I think Israel is one of those few times where uh, I instantly was just like, man, this is incredible. So definitely life-changing. And then we got baptized. Lauren and I both got baptized together in the oh. Jordan river. And that was really cool. That's we got awesome. the privilege of baptizing people as well. Um, oh, wow. you know, so it was just really cool. That's like, just awesome. a great experience. So, yeah. I want to go next year. I told, uh, I told my husband, Ryan, I was like, we need to go. And I was telling, and Julie was like, maybe I'll get to go next year. So we were like, okay, let's strategize how, yeah. who can watch the kids? Who can watch yeah. the baby? Like, uh -huh. We want to go. Yeah. We kept saying we, you, you were definitely mentioned several times. We're like, man, I wish oh, we could have been here. So me yeah. too. But hey, someone had to hold down the fort someone while did. you guys went and played and had fun. So. Someone definitely did. Someone yeah. has to be responsible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we have, you know, tons of video we shot. We've got tons of pictures. But um, I mean, if people want to see some quick pictures on the Elijah Fire Instagram, we posted um, a picture of the staff, some of the staff, Elijah Fire staff, along with Abby, because she's one of the guests. And um, but then also illumination on her Instagram has some pictures and then you can go to Abby's Facebook, Abby Duplaga's Facebook. Uh, for those of you who are following her, she posted a ton of stuff there as well. Yeah. Uh, but I will be talking more about Israel in the future, you know, um, once we kind of get pictures ready and stuff, I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the next like week or so it'll come up several times because it was a great experience so yeah yeah you guys have a little vlog right you made a little you make have to put your pictures or like make a little video or something i know yeah we should yeah emily is editing together a video that's kind of co a compilation i mm -hmm. i would like to do my own video just a personal one yeah but um you know it's just a little thing called time that i know takes Runs a while, away from, so. yeah yep yep <laughs> So, all right, uh, Kelsey, we're going to be talking about some heavy hitting questions and answers, um, all biblically based, right? Of course. So I said yes. in the intro that if people, just to reiterate it again, just in case you guys are just tuning in, you might want to get either your, your note app on your phone ready, just grab a piece of paper so you can write down these scripture references. Because I think sometimes these can be ones that trip people up. Um, oh, big time. you know, where you're like, I know the answer, but I don't know the scripture. And so even for me right. grabbing, I'm going to be writing these down too, just of, you know, for the sake of having them all in one place. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So well, what, we what we find is, you know, the scripture, but because there's so many opinions being preached instead yeah. of the word of God, now what's in your mind is you've have people's opinions in your mind as well as scripture in your mind. So both right. of those things are circulating in your mind, but we obviously know the truth is always the word of God. Mm -hmm. And no matter what anyone ever says, no matter anyone you sit under me, Jeff, anyone on any show, any pastor, any minister, any friend, you always have to look for yourself. And you know, that's the amazing thing about Google. You can search a ton of scriptures, but don't just take what someone says 
especially if they're not quoting uh, God's word, if they're just giving like an opinion or something, always go back and look it up because um, you never really know how a little bit of leaven ruins the whole lump. So when you start to receive something, um, maybe from a progressive type of viewpoint where someone might say, hey, you know, there's no such thing as hell or it doesn't matter if you sin and, you know, and then you take that little bit of leaven and it starts to mess with all of what you know. And then pretty soon you're way off. So we always have to go back to the word of God. We always have to look what it says. And no matter how controversial in the day and age we live in, the word of God is because the word of God is very controversial, especially Mm -hmm. in the time we're in right now. Mm -hmm. It goes against what everyone wants to say. It's against what's popular. The popular message is not the word of God. It's just not right now. So when you start to speak the truth of God's word, you're going to get some resistance from people because the culture is the total opposite going the yeah. total opposite way of the bible. Well, we don't want we don't like hard and fast conclusion, you know, conclusive answers a lot of times, right. especially not in progressive Christianity where you relish the um you relish the the unpacking something to where you actually like whatever was clearly defined, you unpack that and you you it's almost like you you delight in there not being an answer. And then having a definitive answer, even if it's biblically based, suddenly becomes uh, like like you're you're um, you're a zealot or you're, uh, you know, whatever. And and so uh, I know for myself, you know, like I talked about even progressive Christianity, my my flirtation with it back in the day, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's anytime there was a clearly defined answer within the Bible, you Mm -hmm. would go you would unpack it and you would like, you would dismantle it or try to, and you would go, right. But here's the thing. When you try to dismantle the word of God, you are the one that gets dismantled just right. period. Cause it's yep. like, you're hitting an immovable object, you know, at 4,000 miles an exactly. hour. You know, so. Exactly. That's good, Jeff. That's yep. so true. So we're going to, we, I wrote down some questions cause I thought, you know, these are some popular topics that I've heard kind of, uh, preached on, but more so give an opinion on than preach out of the word of God. So there's, I have six questions today. I don't know if we're going to get to all of them just because time, you know, going into each one, but we'll see how far we get Jeff. And then we can okay. always do something else later okay. on to kind of follow up. All right. Lead okay. the way, Kelsey. So I'm first going to start off with, I saw a, a post on Facebook that was very disturbing to me. And I'm sure you guys can all agree that you've seen this as well. When someone quotes someone else, like quotes a, a person, and they say, Jesus told me this, mm-hmm. and it's opposite of scripture. So I'm sure you guys have been scrolling through Facebook and have seen someone say, Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to use the exact example we're going to talk about today. So someone had quoted a, a man, a person saying, Jesus said, Paul never preached hell. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Mm. And right away when I saw that post, normally, guys, I'm a, I'm a scroll right past it type of person. Like I just am. But I had to stop and quote the word of God on that one, um, which the person later deleted my quoting the word of God. (laughs) So I know crazy, right? But that's, that's the day and age we live in. So people love to quote 
ministers more than they love to quote scripture. And that's a problem. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. We, we can't um, just because someone says Jesus said does not make it automatically true in doctrine. I mean, it doesn't make it. You have to look it up in the word. So, you know, after I saw that, I thought, well, that's not true. Paul talked about eternal destruction multiple times through the word. So I want to unpack that right now, because maybe you've heard that, that um, Paul never preached hell. He never wrote about hell in his letters. And that is absolutely not true. Uh, Paul wrote about hell. He did not use the word hell or Hades in the Greek or Sheol in uh, Hebrew. He didn't use the word hell, but he talks about eternal destruction, God's wrath to come. Guys, eternal destruction is hell. So he just didn't use the word hell, but Paul definitely preached eternity. So, um, you know, if if there was nothing to be saved from, so if there was no hell, no eternal destruction. There was nothing to be saved from. Well, then why would we need a savior? Why would we need someone to come and save us if there was nothing to be saved from? So without the message of hell, there is no message of Christ. Christ preached on hell more than he did on heaven. And so obviously Paul received direct revelation from Jesus in the third heaven. He had visitation and he got the word directly from, from the Lord. So he talks about it. And, and I just want to share a couple, um, a couple scriptures with you guys, you know, first of all, I want to deal with the, the goodness of God leads us to repentance because you hear that all the time. No, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, which is absolutely true. It's the word of God, but people think the goodness of God means because God gave me a new car, because God gave me a house, because God healed my body, because God saved my marriage, because God did this for me, X, Y, Z, name your list of things God did for you. That's what people think. Oh, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. I'm going to take you to that scripture real quick, and maybe you'll think differently about this. So we're going to Romans 2, verse 3 through 5. You can pull it up probably on on your um, on another device might be the quickest, or I'm going to read it to you guys. So Romans 2, verse 3 through 5. Do you suppose, oh man, you who judge those who practice such things, which when he's talking about t- as practice such things, that's found in the chapter before Romans 1, sexual immorality, idolatry, gossip. So go to Romans 1 if you want to know what he's talking about. And yet do them yourself that you will escape the judgment of God. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impotent heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. So the goodness he's talking about is the patience and forbearance of God. So why we were still in sin, God made the sun to come up on us. He made the rain to fall on us. He didn't strike us dead while we were in sin. So Jesus came to take the wrath upon himself. So the goodness of God is his patience with us. He's so gracious. I know from, I was a heathen. God was so patient with me. Praise the Lord. He, I mean, I was a total heathen, but God in his mercy and his kindness saved me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know that the Bible says it makes it to rain on the just and the unjust. So when people say, you know, 
it's only the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's only, you know, and people automatically think it's because he gave you this, he did that, he gave you this. No, it's because of his kindness that he doesn't strike us dead as we're in horrible sin because before we come to Christ, that is the goodness of God. So I'm going to take you over. Um, I'm going to take you over to Second Thessalonians 1, 8 through 10. This is just one example of where Paul um, preaches hell, and I'm going to give many more. I won't read all the scriptures. You can write them down. Second Thessalonians 1, 8 through 10 is one of the most important passages that Paul preaches. It says, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among those who have believed. So right there in Second Thessalonians, Paul says they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. If that's not hell, then I don't know what hell is. Hmm. Okay, other verses are Romans 2, 7 through 8, Romans 2, verse 9, Galatians 1, 8 through 9, Romans 5, 9, Colossians 3, 6, Galatians 6, 8, Philippians 3, 10, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 10. So those are just some of the scriptures. Those are all written by Paul where he talks about hell or eternal destruction. So don't ever let someone tell you that Paul never uh, preached eternity. So, cause yes, he did. And so, especially in what scared me the most was the, the post said, Jesus said that Paul never preached hell. So that would mean he was contradicting his very own word. Guys, Jesus will never right. ever tell you anything. If someone, if, if you have a spirit come to you and they say something like that, and maybe in a dream, you have an encounter in a dream and an angel comes and says this to you, you know, Paul never preached hell. Listen, the the Lord Jesus Christ is never going to go against the word. Mm-hmm. He is the word. Mm-hmm. So he it's never what he tells you is never going to contradict his very word. So mm-hmm. so we know that Paul Paul did preach hell. And the truth is, is a lot of people get saved from the preaching of heaven and hell from the reality. There is a reality. One day you will stand before the Lord and you will be judged as a believer and as an unbeliever. And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there will come a day where you will stand before the Lord and you will be cast into outer darkness where the the worm dieth not. I mean, the flames of fire. It's there, Hell is talked about a lot in the scripture. If you look mm-hmm. it up, if you look up Sheol or Hades, you'll find lots of references where Jesus says, you know, you will be cast into the pit. Um he talks about it quite often. So mm-hmm. know that there is a reality of a place called hell. And there's a reality that there's one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father except through him. So if there is someone else preaching a different gospel, Paul said, if someone comes preaching a different gospel than me, they're accursed. Don't listen. He said, even if an angel comes and preaches a different gospel than I have preached, you know, you're accursed if you listen to that. So again, a little bit of leaven can start you down a road that pretty soon, like Jeff said, you're deconstructing it. And you're like, well, you know, maybe there is 
more than one way to heaven. And maybe there is, um, you know, no such thing as hell. Maybe we just float off into space. And no, the Bible is very clear Mm -hmm. that there is heaven and hell and there's only one way. And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. But after confessing and believing, the Bible says you're a brand new creation. What leads us into the very next point that I'm going to go into, which is can a homosexual go to heaven? So we know that when you accept Christ, you are born anew. You are a brand new creation. Now mm-hmm. you look the same. You sound the same. You even think the same before your mind is renewed by the word of God. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. A, pe- a piece of God Almighty, the Godhead comes to dwell within you. The Holy Spirit comes within you when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. So a lot of argument is, well, I was born this way. When you right. talk to someone who is attracted to same sex, I was mm-hmm. born this way. And, you know, I want to say this, that, yes, we were all born into sin. You're correct when you say that. You know, I was born into this. Yeah, we were all born into sin because we we're born of Adam. But when we receive Jesus, we become a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. All things become new. And so when you become a new creation and you believe in Jesus, Now, I'm not talking about you went to church and your friends said, hey, go up to the front and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you go, eh, okay. Well, sure, it's a Wednesday. I have nothing else to do. I'm not talking about being saved off a whim. I'm talking about you come to the Lord because you realize you need to be saved from your sinful nature, from the way you are. You need a Savior because let me tell you, enough self-help self-denial, it will not stop the pattern of sin in your life. You can be a very strong-willed person and still struggle with sin the rest of your life because self-denial and saying, well, I'm just not going to do it, that's not going to fix it because it's an internal problem that needs to be fixed by the blood of Jesus. It's not a, I have enough willpower to do this. Willpower is not going to set you free from Mm. anything. It may be temporarily a fix, But you'll see that you keep falling back and you keep falling back. And some of you may be listening, keep falling back into the same thing over and over because you're doing it off willpower instead of off um, the Holy Spirit, instead of letting him come and sanctify. We get sanctified as we walk with God. We we get renewed in our mind as we read the word of God. It's a process, guys. I'm not saying some people get delivered automatically. I know I've heard those testimonies Mm -hmm. and other people. It's a process as you Mm -hmm. walk with the Lord. But when you genuinely give your heart to Jesus, you repent of your sinful ways. So you realize I am a sinner and I need help and I need to be saved from myself. I'm a like Paul talks in Romans seven, wretched man am I. I do what I don't want to do. I go where I don't want to go. But then at the end it says, but praise God for Christ Jesus. We are now no longer under condemnation. So I first want to go to uh, scripture on this. I'm going to base everything off the word of God. So we're going to head over to Romans one. 18 through 32. And we're going to start there. And remember, this is the question, can a homosexual go to heaven? So we're starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes 
namely his eternal and divine nature, had been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. They're gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They do not know God's righteous decree and that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Hmm. So here we see the word of God. Paul's talking about women exchange natural relations for those who are contrary. Men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men, receiving in themselves a due penalty for error. And here's the key verse. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God. They did not see fit to acknowledge God. And this is comes back to the message of the cross. So if you're struggling with this and you're struggling with homosexuality, same-sex attraction, I have to take you back to the cross. Because Jesus hung on a cross and he took every single sin upon himself. And he was killed in our place. What we deserved, the wrath we deserved for our sin, Jesus Christ took upon himself. And when he went to the cross, that was pure love from God, pure love from the father that he would go in our place in exchange for our place. And maybe you don't have a true revelation of the cross, because if you don't understand the cross, you're not going to understand what God has done for you. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to stay in the same cycle of sin. But is Jesus not good enough? that he died for you for every sin. He overcame, he lived a perfect life, took it all upon himself, died on the cross, rose again three days later for your sin, for you to be free. What love is this that a man would lay down his own life? So maybe you don't understand the love that Jesus Christ has shown to you so that you would be free. So he loves you enough to die for you, but yet we don't love him enough to let go and repent of our sin. He loves you so much that he would go do that. But we can't, we can't uh, repent and we can't change our lifestyle for him. We're going to live the way we want to live. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to say, we're going to act as no matter what we want to do, we're going to do it. 
so he can lay his life down in complete obedience and love, but we can't change ours, pick up our cross and follow him. What kind of response is that to a savior that has given everything for you? What kind of response is that? It's not a true response of a repentant heart, of a heart that loves and looks to Christ and follows him. And I think this is where a lot of people have missed it. You don't understand the revelation of the love of the cross. And because we don't understand the love of Jesus and we haven't received the full love of Jesus, we don't want to let go of our lives. We want to we want to go to heaven, but we want to live how we want to live. We don't want to change even though God's word says is very clear to us that God gave them up to a reprobate mind when they did this. So they didn't understand God's righteousness. And it's selfish. When you continue to live in the sin you want to live in, it is a selfish act of the flesh that you don't want to let go of it. You can't let it go for God because, no, it's 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 who I am. No, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, we repent of our sin. We get our minds renewed by the word of God. And if the Lord says that this is a sin to him, then we purge it out of our lives. And maybe, guys, it might take a little while for you to repent. But if you've never felt grievance when you're committing any sin, whether it's a sin of lying or it's a a sin of sleeping, a man sleeping with a man or, or whatever, no matter what sin it is, maybe it's stealing, maybe it's covenants, maybe it's greed. If there is no conviction of the Holy Spirit on you after you've committed this sin, then I would question if the Holy Spirit indwells you. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of sin. And that way we repent and the blood of Jesus continually washes us clean. So maybe the revelation of the cross hasn't yet gotten deep enough into your hearts. And so I want you to think about it today is that the Lord gave up everything for you, took upon everything, was beaten, was bruised, was spit upon, was ridiculed, was left by everyone, completely turned away and left him, rejected him, completely rejected. You think you're rejected because you have a certain lifestyle? You can't even compare to Jesus how he was rejected. Don't even don't even compare yourself. He was rejected by everyone. Everyone he was rejected. He was beaten, bruised, and killed, pierced, all because of his love for you. So it's time now for you today to lay down the sin that so easily entangles you, the weight of sin that so easily weighs you down. It's time today for you to say, I love Jesus enough that I am willing to repent and I'm willing to lay down my sin. I'm willing to pick up my cross and follow him because I in turn love him. And if his word says that for me not to practice homosexual acts, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go against God's word. We know in John 15, he talks about, if you love me, you obey my commands. Well, this is part of his commands. Got to read another scripture about this too, guys. We're going to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 20. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, listen to this, and such were some of you, but 
You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. I want to stop there. I'm going to continue in a second. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. So here we see Paul's talking about you were this way. You you were swindlers. You were greedy. You practiced homosexuality, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then he goes on to say, even though all things are lawful for me, because we're under the new covenant, we're under the covenant of grace. Even though all things are lawful for me, not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. (laughs) So Paul's talking about not being dominated by the flesh. And in another chapter, um, I can't remember where, but Paul talks about, Even I myself, after I preach, have to submit my body unto Christ so that I'm not disqualified. So even Paul, when he's done preaching, goes, I have to submit myself to Christ so I'm not disqualified. So it's not a matter that you're never going to sin again, because we know um, John says that if you claim you have no sin, you're a liar. So we know that we're going to struggle with sin our whole entire Christian walk. No one is perfect. But we have to let the word of God be the truth in our, in our hearts and reign in our hearts. If the word of God is, listen, homosexuals won't inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, um, adulterers won't inherit the kingdom of God. Um, abusers, uh, sexual immoral, swindlers, drunkards. If they will not inherit the kingdom of God, then I need to subdue my body unto Christ. And I need to make sure it's obedient to the word of God. Yeah. Yeah, so that's ahead, that that scripture that you were referencing is First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. It says, "No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize." Yes, I think that's when you're talking about. Yes, um, I am talking about. So, that. Kelsey, actually, Jillian, hi, Jillian, also jet lagged. She was uh, what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm surprised she's on today. Good, Jillian. Yeah. yeah, she says, does Kelsey in any way equate being celibate for Jesus while still being attracted to the opposite sex to engaging in homosexual behavior? Does that make sense? So, it, yeah. So even if like you're you're choosing to be celibate for Jesus, but mm-hmm. you're still attracted to the opposite sex. Is that still engaging in homosexual behavior? Okay, so I would say, yeah, that's a great question. I would say this, that if you're still lusting immorally after some after something, then there's it's not been dealt with you. So there it's still in there. You still have the thoughts. And even though you're saying, well, I'm I'm resisting that thought, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Well, how long can you and your own strength resist that thought? Right. Yeah. Because everybody has a limit. Exactly. So when you still have those desires, it's only a matter of time. It could be years. It could be months. It could be, it's only a matter of time before your flesh, because our flesh is just that way, guys, like we're fallen in our flesh. So we're renewed and perfect in our spirit, but our flesh is still of Adam. So that's why we still get older. That's why we you know, get sick. That's why one day we will die. You know, we will all die unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes back and then we're caught up in the air. But, you know, 
So I would say that's still something that you need to get free from. You you need to get free from. That's still a sin that is that is um, uh, on you that you need to repent of. And, you know, I'm going to not just talk all about this without telling you, giving you any type of solution. So I'm not just going to shove the scripture down your throat and then say, okay, well, good luck. So I'm basing what I'm going to tell you off of scripture. So I'm reading to you in scripture where it talks about the sin of homosexuality. And um, then I'm going to talk to you about basically how we can get free from that, how we renew our mind and all of that stuff. So great question, but I would say still there's only a certain amount of self um, restraint you're going to have before you're going to act on those passions. So that's why the Lord came to take those passions. Okay. He hung on the cross and put all of that sexual sin on himself so that we can be free so that we don't even have to struggle with those thoughts. We, we can be free who the sun sets free is free. Indeed. I want to share a quick story of a girl who was coming to my classes online. I was doing eight week classes before I had Luke and she, she lived with a woman and she had been uh, a lesbian her whole life and she got saved. And all of a sudden, after she got saved, she started having conviction. So all of a sudden, she was never convicted for, for having same-sex relations. She got born again, and here comes the Holy Spirit doing his job. She started feeling conviction, uh, living with her, uh, have, sharing a life with her. And every time she would read the Word, she'd actively read the Word. She'd come to classes to learn more about God she'd feel more and more wrong in what she was doing. She'd be more and more convicted. She knew in her heart what she was doing was wrong. And so because she gave her life to Christ and the Holy Spirit came within her, she started getting convicted. And so that's then her choice. Her choice is then, do I ignore this this conviction within me? Do I grieve the Holy Spirit? Because we hear about grieving the Holy Spirit. Oh, you got to just be crazy and just let him be crazy. No, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't listen to him. Hmm. When we, he, He's convicting us. That's his job. He's a spirit of truth. He's a spirit of holiness. <laughs> he comes to convict. We grieve him when we shut him off and say, it's fine. Okay? And pretty soon, doing that time and time again, you're going to sear your conscience from even hearing the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Because you've grieved him so many right. times. Yep. And so... When the Holy Spirit came to her, he started convicting her heart. And so her response and her choice was to listen to that. And her response was to say, God, help me. I know this is wrong. I know what I'm doing is wrong. God, help me find a way out. God, help me turn from this lifestyle. Lord, show me how I can get out of this relationship. And let me tell you, when you're living a life with someone and you live with them, you share the rent. That person knows everything about you. You've Mm -hmm. built a life with that person to then just say, I'm out of here. Peace. (laughs) It's not going to work that way because you have a most, you have money tied to it. Mm -hmm. You're where you're living. Maybe even that person's even supporting you. Maybe, maybe they're paying the rent and that's where you have a place to stay. And this is where God comes into the picture guys, because God comes in and he is a warrior on our behalf. 
The Lord will come and will give you ideas, strategies. He'll bring people into your life to help you. And that's the role of the church, guys. We're the hands and feet of Christ. So when you see a brother or sister suffering with this, maybe they're going through this, help them. If there's some way you can help them, maybe you can connect them with a, a local church that helps people get out of this lifestyle. Hey, maybe you can pay their rent for a month. Maybe you can help get them into a new place. Maybe you can help anything that you can do to help people coming out of a lifestyle of sin. We're called to do that. We're not called to just say, oh, well, good luck with that. Mm. You know, if you can help someone, help them. Um, yeah. So she started having these convicting thoughts and Every time she was around her uh, other half, her partner, she she would feel horrible. She wouldn't want to be there. Pretty soon she didn't want to live there. And it was a matter of time before she said, you know what, Lord, help me. I got to get free. And guess what God did? He helped her. So she got out of it. She left it. She's now uh, out of that completely, that lifestyle completely. And there's so many more testimonies like this, guys. But it all starts with the convicting voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so maybe some of you, you've had that conviction of the Holy Spirit speak to you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit any longer today. Mm. Don't grieve him one more second. Get on your knees, repent, and ask God for help. Ask God for a way out. Start talking to family and friends about what's going on within you. Start asking for help. You know, I want to get out of this lifestyle. Would you help me? Would you help me? I want to, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I know this is wrong. The Lord's convicted me. This is not right. This is a sin. Would you help me go to your pastor? Don't hide this stuff. Don't hide what's going on with you. Go talk to your pastor. Go talk to leadership. Ask for help. Don't, don't uh, be isolated. The devil would love to get you isolated to where, Hey, there's no way out. You're going to have to stay like this forever. You're going to live in sin forever. Don't let him speak like that to you. Because repentance is the start of steps every day. It's repentance that starts you down this walk. It's receiving the conviction of the Holy Spirit, knowing it's wrong, renewing your mind by God's word. Read the word of God. If you're struggling with this, I want you to read Romans, you know, one through six multiple times. Let it get into you. Let the word of God read you. See, we read the word of God. The word of God needs to read us. It's a mm -hmm. sword of the spirit. It comes to divide. It comes to separate the, what's profane from what's holy, what's mm -hmm. true from what's a lie. Let the word of God tell you what's true. Not some progressive woke preacher who says, oh, no, everything's OK. Uh, you're tells born you that you way. Yeah. Tells you what you want to hear. They give you candy. Well, guess what? One of the highest um, suicide rates is the people in the LGBTQ community. and wow. so. They're struggling with mental torment all the time. They're, they have no peace because without the Prince of Peace, you cannot have peace. Why do you struggle sleeping at night? If you came to Jesus, you wouldn't have that because you would have peace. He gives his beloved sleep. But you have tormenting thoughts all the time. You struggle. There's a very, really high suicide rate. And even we're seeing young conversions now where they're, in, they're encouraging kids, hey, um, transition. And, and, and change to, to the other sex and take these hormones and do this. And then we're seeing testimonies of kids who have done that saying, I, was, I wanted to kill myself. I was on the edge of killing myself. It was horrible. All these hormones, you know what hormones do? Any woman will tell you what hormones do. Hormones can make you crazy. 
I mean, have a teenager who's first starting her cycle and any mom will tell you that (laughs) what happened to my daughter, you know, so hormones can really mess with you. And so these kids, unfortunately, they don't know Christ. They don't know the truth. They don't know the way they don't know the life. But when they come to him, the Holy Spirit, the power, the resurrection power to resurrect the dead things in your life. He comes into your life and he resurrects those dead things. He convicts you of lies. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of holiness. And if you allow him, he will start to work in you a work that can only be done by God, that can only be perfected by God. And so I'm encouraging you today, talk to someone share with someone what is going on with your life. Don't hide it in. Don't have those thoughts in your head and go, well, I'm just not going to act on them. I'm not going to act on them. Wouldn't you rather be free from that? And so you don't have those thoughts and even better be attracted to the opposite sex, get married, have children, Mm -hmm. do what, be fruitful and multiply what the Lord asks of us to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know deep in your heart, listening to this, that's what you desire. And that's because the Holy spirit is inside of you. And that's his plan for your life, God's perfect will for your life. Hmm. And so start with the repentance, seek, seek for some help from someone who is godly, who knows scripture. Do not go seek help from an unbeliever because that's not sound um, teaching that you're getting in your heart. Follow a biblical based preacher who preaches the truth about this, that this is a sin and that's so we're going to talk about the issue of going to heaven. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, just really quick, I just want to add one last thing to this. Um, I was watching this panel of these like four men and women who uh, got delivered from a lifestyle of homosexuality, and it was unanimous. All of them were like, "Yep, yep, that was what was what what it was for me." Is is they you know because they would talk about how for years, like some of them grew up in a Christian homes, some of them didn't, but they were like, "For years, I prayed." God, take the gay away, you know, like, just pray it away, like, take it away, take it away. Um, and it wasn't until they got to the end of themselves where they said, God, I am surrendering this to you yes. in the belief that you have something better for me. And it was mm-hmm. that constant daily recognition of that. And all, f- all four of them were like, yep, that was it. That's what it was, you know? Yep. And so let that be an encouragement to anybody who has struggled with that and you you maybe you're even spirit filled and but then this thing keeps you know and you've tried you tried the tactic of you know like you were saying kelsey just relying upon your flesh and it's like it really is just a matter of time before you fail because you're that is that is a uh that is an effort in yourself that's it that that's you trying to to do it in your own your own ability, right? Right. right. And you're gonna if fail. we could do it in our own ability, then Christ wouldn't need to come and die on the yeah, cross. Why did he, why did if he we could have not sinned and we could have just willed not to mm-hmm. do it, then he wouldn't had to have come at all. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, you know, that just ends that argument that I can just do it myself because you wouldn't, right. you wouldn't need Christ. Right. And I also want you to understand it's the revelation of the love of the cross, the revelation of the love of this man who took upon himself everything so that we could be free. Mm -hmm. If there is no revelation of the love of Jesus upon that cross, you are going to struggle every day because Mm -hmm. you're selfishly. So when we do things for Christ, just like we would do things for our kids, you do it for them unselfishly. You're not doing it for you. 
you're doing it for them. And so when we do things selfishly, we're going to reap a selfish response. So whatever we sow, we reap. So if I'm trying to get rid of something, a sin, no matter what it is, guys, I'm not only targeting uh, same sex, I'm also targeting greed. I'm targeting covetousness. I'm targeting Mm -hmm. gossip. I'm targeting lying, lying, slandering, cheating, idolatry, all of these things. Sin, a sin is a sin, Mm -hmm. but this is just one of the topics we're talking about today. So if if I'm trying to do it in my own selfish way, I'm going to reap a selfish response. But when I do it because I see his love and I look to him and I do it for him because I love him, my response to the cross is because I love him, because I see his love. He first loved us, so we love him. When you truly get that revelation, you won't struggle anymore because it's not a selfish thing you're trying to do. So you're not going to reap a selfish response. You're selflessly laying down your life, picking up your cross and following Jesus. Does the human flesh want to give up anything? Never. No, we are so innately. No one has to teach you how to be selfish. No one has to teach you how to lie. Mm -hmm. Have a child. Children are the most selfish little people ever, but because they're born into that, they don't know better that until we come to Christ and then we look at him and we lay our lives down and we become selfless because we love him. If that is the revelation that you um, receive, you are going to see a changed lifestyle. And it's not because you willed it or you prayed it away or you tried. It's because you look to him and you love him, and he is worth everything that I have to give. Jesus is worth everything. And am I going to stumble? Am I going to fall? Absolutely. Yes, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall, but the righteous man stumbles seven times, and the Lord lifts him up. And that's why we have the gift of repentance. For when, if we do stumble in sin, if we do tell a lie, well, I have, I have the Lord to lift me up. I can repent, be washed clean by the blood, Also, renew your mind, guys. I can't say this enough. Every time I'm on with Jeff, you guys know I'm constantly talking Mm -hmm. about this because this is the absolute truth. If you are not reading the Bible for yourself, so if you only listen to shows like this where they're quoting scripture, but you are not listening either on an app to the Bible or you're not reading it for yourself, it's going to be very hard for you to walk in the light because his word is the light. His word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. It's going to be very hard for you to discern good from evil, Mm -hmm. right from wrong. If you do not yourself begin to study the word of God and listen, this is how I started. And this seems silly, but this is how I started. I subscribed to um, an app that would, I would get a Bible verse every day on my phone. Yeah. The YouVersion Bible app. Yeah, oh, you yeah. can down- and this is how I this is how the this is how the Holy Spirit gently started me because I thought opening the Bible was intimidating. I didn't understand it. I didn't nothing. But I would just get a verse every day and I would read that verse and I would let it speak to me or let it read me. Let that verse be true. And what happened is I found fa- I found myself desiring for more. Not just a verse wasn't sufficient anymore. I needed more. And then once I started reading 
like started in Matthew and I started reading, I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus is so wonderful. And the revelation of who he was and what he did. And I mean, it was just, I couldn't stop reading because how can you? He's so wonderful what he did for us and how he lived. And we're called to live the same way. We're called to be imitators of Christ. And so if we're called to be imitators of Christ, we're called to do like he did, speak like he spoke, his character, his nature. And so guys, I can't say it enough, but please get into the Bible and and let it read your heart and let the Lord and the Holy Spirit just breathe upon those words because they will become alive to you and they will be what you need to get through it. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to struggle in this lifestyle anymore. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. And and to answer the question, can a homosexual go to heaven? God is the judge. God is the judge. So one day you will stand before him and God will judge you for your righteous deeds done in the flesh and your evil deeds done in the flesh. That's a Bible verse. So God, whether you're born again or not, some people think, well, I'm born again, so I'm good. No, even if you're born again, the evil you've done in the flesh, you'll give an account to God for. Jesus says every idle word you've spoken will be held against you. And that's for a believer. So oh don't boy. think, don't <laughs> just think because I'm a born again that I'm mm-hmm. I'm clean slate. I'm home free. No, you will be judged for the deeds, whether good or evil. That's why we're exhorted all the time. Do good works. Do good works. We're exhorted to do that because one day we'll be judged for that. Well, so God, and, go just ahead. Really, well, it, it, and it's like this because people look at it and they're like, well, that's harsh. I'm like, the whole point is, you know, I talk it's about this. On the show. I know, but yeah, but, but at the same time, I look at it like, and I talk about this is like forward momentum. Like, like James talks about it. He's like, you know, I'll show you my work. I'll show you my bit, my faith by what I do. Like exactly. It's, because look, Kelsey, if you sit there and you say, Oh, I love Ryan, your husband, I love him. Mm-hmm. But then there's no outward displayance of that love. Right. It actually is an action as well. Right. If you love right. someone, it's not just, Oh, I love you. Right. Talk is cheap. Right. Uh, right. It's you're actually showing that by what you do. And the same mm-hmm. applies to our relationship Love, with the loving Lord God and loving yes. God. Yes. Because like with Lauren and myself, like what even back when we first got married, what I thought was a selfless act. Now mm-hmm. I would look at it as a selfish one because of how, you know, you're just that constant motion of like, how deep your love becomes as you grow together and you move together. And the same times infinity with God is, is there are things that I did back in the day where I was like, Oh man, righteous man. Wow. (laughs) Look at me. But now I look at, but now I look and I'm like, that was nothing, man. That was pennies, but it moves the heart of God because my heart was, my heart was to please him yes. in that, you know, and it's like, so, yes, so uh, good. Like, so long as you are continuing to press into the Lord, you know, it's like, absolutely uh, focus becomes so, you know, it's like even my focus to the, towards the Lord, you know, 20 years ago, Jeff, who just became a Christian, it's like, it's, it's so much more pinpoint yep. and, and then 20 yep. years from now, it's going to be even more honed. 
you know, so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a process. It's called the process of sanctification, guys. So as we walk with the Lord, it's a process of sanctification and become more and more sanctified. Mm -hmm. We know more about the Lord. We open up deeper places of our hearts. We start you know, you become more obedient as you walk with God, you grow in wisdom, you grow in knowledge, you know, all of these things help you as your walk with God. But I just, I, I, I want to make sure that we understand that the scripture is very clear on this. And so I know because of the, the day and age we live in, there's many, many excuses for why you can stay in your sin. And I love you enough to tell you the truth of God's word. And I love you enough to to say what the Lord says through his holy word, because people think love is acceptance of sin, acceptance of anything. Oh, well, that's love. We accept your sin. We accept you as you are. And you don't have to change. And oh, see, that's love. No, that's not love. If this is an uh, example a lot of people use, if there's a burning building, it's it's on fire, and I know it's on fire, and I know that you're going to die if you go into that building, and and you say, I want to go in that building, and I say, okay, well, it's, yeah, you should, yeah. I just want you to be happy. I want you to be happy, and Uh if that's going to make you happy, no, you would tell them, don't go in that building. There's a fire in the building. You're going to die. Don't go in that building. You would tell them to save their mm-hmm. life. Yep. Well, this is a matter of eternity. And this the truth of God's word can be very harsh in the day and age we live in, but it's the absolute truth. And I'm not going to waver on it. And I'm not going to back down on God's word. I'm not going to back down and say, oh, no, well, you know, it's okay. And, you know, don't worry about it. And, you know, one day you'll deal with it. No, I'm not going to back down because I love you enough to say that Jesus Christ has made a way that you can be free. He has made a way for your freedom from from uh, homosexuality so you can be free. He's made a way. It's him hanging on the cross. It's you receiving that love, believing that in your heart, receiving the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit reveal truth to you and walking out a life of sanctification with the Lord. But you can be free. So I'm not going to lie to you and, and say, oh, well, it's okay. Just stay. I'm not going to do that. I'm going right. to tell you the truth of God's word. Because yeah. one day when you stand before him, you'll thank me and you'll say, I remember listening to that girl when everyone else was saying it was okay. She said it wasn't. And yeah. I repented. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I'd be standing in heaven today. Well, and it actually is reminded of a, uh, there's a movie, um, there's a quote from a movie and this guy says, at the end of one's life, when you stand before God, you cannot say, well, I was told to do thus or virtue wasn't convenient at the time. This will not suffice. And so I've always liked that quote because at the end of the day, we're responsible with how we act not what I was told to do thus or my right. virtue wasn't convenient at the time because right. I was around people and I didn't want to get, I, I didn't want to make any waves or I didn't want to, right. you are responsible for how you respond yes. to the gospel and to yes. the conviction of the Holy spirit. You are yes. responsible for that. So, yes. um, okay. So totally. let's, let, let's burn through like two more questions, three and four. Cause they're really good. So, okay. We're yeah, going to try to go yeah, fast on yeah, you. Okay. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can let's get see like two more. Do it. All right. We so, um, we got it. So 
Okay, number three question was, how do you stop the cycle of sin? And is it a demon? So um, it, we talked about it's not self-denial. So how do you stop the cycle of sin? It's definitely not through self-denial where you just go, okay, I have enough willpower. Um, that will only temporarily work. Um, who the sun sets free is free indeed. There's no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit's God, and he's full of truth. He's the spirit of truth. He will come and reveal Jesus to you and reveal truth to you. But like receiving Jesus is an act of free will, so is repentance. Mm -hmm. Repentance is an act of your free will. You either choose to do it or you choose to ignore it and not to do it. True repentance over sin is from the Holy Spirit within you convicting you. So true repentance starts with a conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the blood of Jesus is all powerful, can wash away any sin. I don't care what it is that, that you did. The blood of Jesus is powerful. He paid for that sin on the cross for you to be free. So how can you stop the cycle of sin? First, you need to allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come inside of you. Recognize that, okay, this is the Holy Spirit. I, I feel horrible for doing this. Let's use an example of um, lying. Okay, let's say it's a little white lie. Well, it's a little white lie because I don't want to go. So let's say someone invites you to go somewhere you don't want to go. So you respond with a little white lie. Uh, well, I can't go because I have a doctor's appointment, but that's not the truth. Okay, so something inside of you will come up and it feels like what I know I'm doing is wrong. So when you're te texting back, I can't, I have a doctor's appointment. There is a knowing inside of you that will feel like, this is not right, but your flesh will say, but you don't want to go and you need an excuse. So there comes the battle of the free will flesh and the grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay. That's a battle we deal with every single day. So let's say I send the text message and I know it was wrong and I send it anyways, cause I don't want to go. And that night I'm laying in bed still thinking about that stupid little white lie, because that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't leave you alone. Okay. He's like knocking on your door of your heart. Like you told you didn't, you know, and that's his job. So then I come to the Lord and I'll say something like this, Lord, I know that what I did was wrong and I did it anyways. And I know that wasn't right. And I ask that you forgive me, Lord. And you know, that what I did was not right. And I don't want to do that anymore. I, I don't want to choose my flesh over the truth of God's word, which we're told in the 10 commandments, not to lie. Mm -hmm. So God hates a liar. One of the seven things God hates is a liar. So I just did something that God hates, even though it was a little tiny white lie. It doesn't matter. It's still against God's word. So am I perfect? No. Do I sin? Yes. In fact, um, James 4, 17, um, says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it's a sin. Hmm. So every day we're, we're walking in sin guys. So if it's a little white lie, James says, if you knew something to do today, that was right, but you didn't do it. That's a sin. So to, to say that I'm sinless or you're sinless, uh, John talks about that. And John says, um, Hold on, I think I write it. If John um, 1, 8 through 10, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So guys, as we walk through this life, we live in the flesh. Yes, we do. We will sin. We will tell white lies. We will do bad things. But John says, if we confess our sin, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I confess my sin. And then the next time that comes up where someone invites me to do something, it's my opportunity to tell a little white lie. The Holy Spirit once again comes up inside of me and lets me know, hey, don't lie. This is wrong. Now it's my choice to say again, am I going to tell the person the truth? Hey, I'm not able to make it. I just, I, I don't feel like coming this time. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll catch you next time. I can just tell the truth, guys. And then I can still say no and tell the truth. So that is the cycle we walk through our whole lives with the Holy Spirit, our whole lives with God. So how do you stop the cycle of sin? You rely upon the Holy Spirit. So you don't want to grieve him. That's how you stop a cycle of sin. Let's say you're uh, sitting down. It was a long day at work. And let's say you struggle with watching pornography and you're alone in your house and you have an urge to do it. You really want to do it. You're walking over to the computer while you're sitting down. You know, the feelings coming inside of you telling you not to do that. Mm -hmm. You already know as mm -hmm. you type in that website, you know that there's already an instinct in you telling you not to. So at that point, you have the choice of getting up, turning away, turning off the computer, going outside for a walk, calling someone on the phone, getting that off of your mind. Or you fall into sin, which you can always repent for. But the Holy Spirit is going to come into you and help break that cycle of sin. And it's not always a demon. I've touched on this before. I did a whole um, episode with Jeff on this out of Galatians 5. So a lot of people will say, um, you're stuck in a cycle of sin. It is a demon. I don't agree with that. Um, I, I go to the Word of God mm -hmm. to... Um, tell me what's the truth and what's not. So I don't find anywhere in the word of God where it tells you if you're struggling with a cycle of sin, it is a demon tormenting you and you need to get it cast out. But I do find in Galatians 5 where it talks about the sins of the flesh. And um, because we're trying to answer another question, I'm going to let you go through Galatians 5 on your own, write that down. But I'll just read a couple of them. Uh, Galatians 5, 16 through 26. Um, now the works of the flesh are evident, verse 19, sexual immorality, which would be uh, what we just talked about, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, which is also witchcraft. Do you hear a lot of people say, um, you know, witchcraft is a demon? The Bible clearly says in Galatians 5 that witchcraft is a work of the flesh. So riddle me that one. Uh, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, uh, rivalries, divisions, envy drunkenness, orgies. So drunkenness, another thing people say, well, you, you're an alcoholic, you need to, it, the spirit cast out of you. Um, I'd say as a born again believer, it's a work of the flesh and you need to repent and allow the Holy Spirit to have his perfect work in you. Okay. So I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash on that one, yeah. <laughs> but this is my purse. This is, this is just me going to scripture. So, you know, um, Again, whenever we, uh, whenever we walk with God, 
we have to know that the truth is his word. So if someone brings a doctrine to you that is not found in the word, so if you cannot find it in the word, I would highly question what doctrine, and all doctrine means is a teaching. So if someone's teaching something, it technically is a doctrine. So if someone brings a doctrine or a teaching to you that is not found in the Bible, clearly found in the Bible, then I would say that could potentially be a doctrine of demons, which we know in the last mm. days, Peter talks about it. There will come false people who teach doctrines of demons and they'll lure you away from the truth. And we don't want to follow lies. We want to follow the truth. Mm -hmm. And so imagine, you know, let's say you're struggling with um, uh, pornography since we use that example mm -hmm. and someone keeps telling you it's a demon, it's a demon, it's a demon. Well, then all of a sudden, there goes all your self-responsibility for, for stop, stopping to watch pornography because you're going, well, I can't stop because it. it's a demon. It. And so you're going to continue in the cycle of sin because mm. you're going to blame a demon um, for doing that. And you're going to say, well, I can't, I, I, it, it takes over me. I can't help it. I can't control it. And all self-responsibility now goes out the window. All uh, the truth of the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this. The power of the Holy Ghost, if you don't believe that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to drive out a demon. So if your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, how can Beelzebub, uh, how can demons dwell in the temple of the Holy Spirit? You think the Holy Spirit's going to share his house with a demon? No, he's not. So that's why Jesus talks about when you you bind up the strong man and you cast out demons. And it talks about well, seven worse will come back. So fill the home. Remember? So if you cast out demons, uh, you have to fill the house because if the house is empty, the demons will come back and go, oh, look, it's tidy and swept up. I'm going to move back in and bring seven worse with they me. Really you guys, shouldn't all, have, you guys yeah. know that scripture. Yeah. OK, but Jesus talks about filling the home. OK, we fill the home with the Holy Ghost. If you fill the home that the verse emphasizes, if the home is filled, they can't come back. Mm -hmm. So if they can't come back and people are telling you, well, this is a demon, this is a demon. Well, wait a minute. My house got filled. So how how are they coming back if my house is filled? It doesn't make sense. So know that a lot of this stuff is the work of the flesh and don't push off responsibility and say, oh, it's a demon. Now, if you have a demon, let me tell you, you're going to know it because when you are possessed with a demon, not oppressed, can the devil talk to you outside of your body and whisper thoughts and ideas? Absolutely. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He will come and he will um, tempt you all the time, the devil will come and tempt you. That's something you're going to deal with the rest of your life. But I'm not talking about temptation. I'm talking about possession now where they are inside of your body, where someone has to say, come out. If they are only tempting you, someone should not say, come out, because there's nothing in you if it's only tempting you. So if something's tempting me, uh, if, if uh, something's talking to me, they're not in me. So if something's in me, it has to come out. That's when you need to seek deliverance. And you'll know because if you have a demonic entity inside of you, you will absolutely know. Um, I mean, you will be completely tormented day and night, tormented, tormented horribly. You will have rage and fits of screaming. Uh, it's awful. You will know if you have a demon. You know, if you can sit through a church service every Sunday and um, you can say, praise the Lord, you can worship all these things. I, I would say there's probably not a need to say, come out, um, because um, how can a demon let you glorify Jesus Christ as Lord if it's in your temple? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to stand it. 
It, it couldn't. So yeah, people really have cool. made the Holy Spirit really weak and like he's not God. And they say, oh, well, do, you know, you need to get deliverance all the time. And, you know, but yet you're infilled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be bold enough to say that the Holy Spirit is God. And if God is in my temple, he's not dwelling there among demons. He's God almighty. He's not going to let some little punk come in his house and have free reign in the temple. No, you're the temple of God. Now, if you decide to leave the faith, you leave the Lord and you take a different path. Can uh, demons enter your temple? I, I believe they can because you've left you've you've left the faith. So I believe at that point you open yourself up and yes, but a lot of these things, cycles of sin are because of our fallen nature and guys, we're gonna sin. I'm not saying that I never sin. I, James right there says, if you know something good to do today and you don't do it, it's sin. That's James um, 4.17. So every day guys, we're walking through stuff, but the power of the Holy Spirit within you is going to come and convict you. And that will break that cycle of sin because you start, you stop grieving him and you start listening to him. That's another thing. As you become sanctified, you stop grieving the Holy Spirit because you realize what he's saying is true. And because you love God and you reverence God and you have a fear of God, that's the other thing. When there's no fear of God, then you do what you want. That's why the beauty of the message of the perfect wrath of God and the perfect mercy of God, we have to have both. If we only have mercy, kindness, love, gentleness, and no fear of wrath, no fear of, of hell, no fear of anything, then you're going to be unbalanced mm -hmm. because God is righteous judge and you will be judged for the deeds in your flesh. And you can't go to uh, heaven and stand before him and say, well, it was a demon. He's going to say, no, it's not. It was your flesh. You chose to do it. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a healthy fear of the Lord and yeah. knowing that when you go sit down to turn on that computer, that, listen, you will stand before God for that sin one mm -hmm. day. You're less likely to commit that sin, having fear and reverence for God, than you yeah. are to say, well, it's a demon controlling me. I can't help it. If, right. if you keep blaming your sin on a demon, you will never break the cycle of sin. Mm -hmm. And even if you go and someone's yelling, come out, come out, come out, months later, you're still struggling with the same sin. It's because it is the flesh. And unfortunately, it's fallen and we have to um, crucify it. We have to renew our minds. That's just, this is the walk of a Christian, guys. Mm -hmm. This is what we have to do. We have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, follow the word of God, be obedient to it. If we do sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Mm -hmm. Wash us clean in the blood of Jesus. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He will let you know if it's this tiny little white lie to maybe it's a horrible crime. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a horror. Either way, the, the Holy Spirit will come to you and will convict you. And then it's your choice to have a healthy fear of God and to say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sin. I'm no. going to speak the truth. I'm going to deny myself. So that's how you break the cycle of sin. Rely upon the Holy Spirit and whatever he, whatever he tells you to do, do. Just like Mary said to the people at the wedding of Cana, they, she said to the waiters, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. You know, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, do it. And it's hard and you're going to fall. You're not going to be perfect. But because of the grace and mercy of God, we're under the dispensation of grace. Praise the Lord that we can be forgiven and we can be washed clean.
So there is hope for all of us and we're all walking through this and none of us are perfect, but there is hope for every single one of you listening to break that cycle. No matter what sin you're struggling with, the Holy Spirit is here right now um, indwelling inside of you. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once and um, he's right there with you. If you're a born again believer, he's indwelling inside of your temple. So you can pray something like this. You can say, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and you would convict me of every sin from the smallest to the biggest. Lord, help me listen to the Holy Spirit. Lord, give me grace so that I will obey the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me in my sin. Help me break free from my sin, from the cycle of my sin. Lord, let me have a healthy fear of you. God, let me know you perfect in your perfect love. God, let me know that you're a just God and you punish evil and you also reward good. So God, help me as I walk in this life, as I walk through um, fallen in my fallen nature, as I walk through hard things, God, as I make decisions every day, Holy Spirit, help guide me, help lead me. You know, even in the Lord's prayer, Father, you say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So God, we pray that right now over everyone listening, Lord, that they would be delivered from evil, that they would resist the devil and he would flee from them. God, that they would rely upon the Holy Spirit. They would be obedient to your word. God, they would listen to what grieves him. Lord, help them to deny themselves. And when they do fall, God, let them know that there's no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We can repent and be forgiven, Lord. Thank you for your blood that we can be uh, forgiven, Lord. And Father, I just ask that you would give um, everyone listening a grace to know you more. God, let them hunger and desire to read your word. Lord, I pray that you would keep them from deception. Father, these times are so evil that we live in, Lord. I pray that you would give them discernment, Lord, so that they know what's right from wrong. Lord, I pray that they would have boldness to stand. Even when the world says the opposite, God, I pray that they would be bold enough to stand and speak your word, no matter what it goes against. Mm. God, that we would rely fully on the truth of your word and not what man says, but only on you, Jesus. Lord, help them. Help them rightly divide your word, Lord. Help them know the truth, God. And I just pray right now, Lord, for those who've um, been really struggling just in in whatever sin it is, God, I just pray for them right now. Your grace and your mercy would be upon them, Lord. I pray you have mercy upon them, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, your convicting power would come into their heart, Lord. Mm -hmm. Bringing up those things, God, those secret sins, God, right now, Holy Spirit, bring those up to their mind. And Father, we repent for those things that that we've done, Lord, those little foxes, those little hidden sins, Lord, forgive us. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. So as he just brings that stuff up within you, it can be anything, just, just ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me for that. Help me not to do it anymore. And I'm telling you, right when you say that, the blood of Jesus washes you clean. Washes you completely clean. 
clean slate right now, clean slate for each and every one of you listening. Lord, help them and empower them as they walk um, throughout this week, throughout these next months, Lord, as they continue to walk with you, God, I thank you that you guide them and I thank you, you protect them and that they're filled with your spirit. And if they're filled with your spirit, the resurrection power of God indwells within them. There is no demon in hell that can get inside of them and cause them to go off, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the power of who you are in the revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise, Lord. Mm -hmm. We give you honor. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, let's save the other questions in here, obviously, because we're out of time. Let's save the other ones for another episode because they're also really, really good. And who knows, maybe you and I will come up with other questions. Oh, yeah. Or you guys can write in some questions you have. Those are always fun to do, too, too. if you have any questions. Kelsey, how can people follow you and all your Okay, doing? on Facebook, that's where I'm most active. I kind of write like, you know, just encouraging encouraging words. I'm I'm an all encourager. Day, day. Yeah, one I try to write one a day just to encourage you guys and um that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. You can email me at marriage of the lamb ministries at gmail.com if you have a question um or, you know, if you received a revelation of God's love. I'd love to hear your testimony. Anytime people send in testimony, that's so blesses me. So that's pretty much it guys. And what is treasures from heaven? What is that Kelsey? So that's a podcast. Um, you can find it on most streaming podcast platforms. I think Apple doesn't have it, but I know Spotify has it. Right. Um, and I, interview people who have come on it's supernatural so sid roth has a show called it's supernatural and he would have guests come on and share their encounters and so i would then um be in a different room and interview them on a podcast and mainly it's just a conversation like this it's yeah they're really there's no uh like the guests don't know what we're going to talk about and basically it's just we sit down and I'll kind of ask them, so what has God really been putting on your heart lately? And then they share from their heart. They'll share like experiences and encounters. And it's it's a really good podcast. There's some there's some good content on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have some heavy hitters on there. Check it sure. out. Yeah. Check it out, everybody. I, th- <laughs> I believe there's a link in the description. Uh, yes, there is. There's a Spotify awesome. link. I just checked it right now. Bada bing, bada boom. Click that. You can listen. You're like, I got to hear more Kelsey talking with people shooting from the hip i gotta experience this it's great so um kelsey o'malley like we do on here jeff shoots from the hip all the time (laughs) yeah yeah that's the best interview it is the best interview it really is so kelsey uh thank you so much way to kick off our first live back from israel Yay! great so great awesome Everybody, that is our show. Tune in tomorrow where we got Robbie Dawkins on. He's back. Uh, so it's going to be a great show. Um, and that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, elijahfire.com slash donate is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. And then we take a portion of that and we funnel it into our water well efforts. And we're doing a lot of amazing things. A lot of doors are opening. Um, and that's because of your guys' donations. It's because of your generosity that we're even able to do all of that. So uh, God bless you guys. We love you. So glad to be back live. So great. So uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Robbie Dawkins. Goodbye. Okay, this has been Elijah Fire. 
Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.